0: Welcome to Guidepost to the Crossroads. I am William Ramada. This podcast is to help you remember that you have a purpose in life. This is to motivate, inspire, and guide you to a happy, fulfilled life. The world can be a noisy place and we tend to lose focus on the purpose of our individual journeys. I use my various experiences, education, and other modalities to help you cancel out the noise and focus on your needs and desires in your journey. All right, welcome back my fellow humans to Guideposts to the Crossroads. My name is William Romana and I am your host. We have been talking about the fear of failure, and today I would like to tell you to get out of your own head. There's a nice quote by Robin Sharma that says, the mind is a wonderful servant, but a terrible master. And how true that is, because we'll let our mind just wander, wander, and take over ourselves. So let's put it like this. Picture your mind like some neglected garden. You didn't weed it. You just let it grow, grow, grow. The weeds are taking over and it's just a big mess. It's sort of like mine right now. So you wouldn't just plant new seeds and hope everything's going to grow, right? Because they're just going to get choked out. You'd start by digging out the roots of all the weeds, if you try to chop them off from the top, they're just going to grow right back. So, though it takes more time and effort, digging deep and pulling them out by the root is the best best way to clean all those weeds out. Then you would plant your seeds and make sure they got water every day. It takes consistent n- nurturing. So grow that garden in your mind. Dig out all the roots of those negative thoughts and plant fresh, healthy seeds. And you have to check on it continually to make sure that it's thriving. You know, some of us have the habit of overthinking. You know, we're fretting over a problem obsessively to the point that it is causing you stress and anxiety it's what psychologists call rumination. It feels like a broken record that is just stuck in your head. And then the lyrics are all just negative ones. It's replaying all those embarrassing situations, all those arguments you've had, and the mistakes that you've made. We're all guilty of ruminating at one point or another in our lives. We want to believe that Doing so will eventually get us the solutions we've been looking for. But the more time you have to think, the higher the probability of finding the right answer, it's not going to be there. No, not at all. Not really. You know, it's usually quite the opposite. Spinning these thoughts over and over would just lead to stress and eventually, analysis paralysis. <laughs> you know, you, you'll only keep dwelling on this problem over in your head every day. And even if you spend an hour or ten thinking, overthinking, it won't help you get any closer to your conclusion. You know, for me, I think overthinking for hours just drains me. It makes me feel tired. And it becomes like this uh, destructive cycle. Because the more I overthink, the more tired I am. And the more likely I am to overthink and stress even more. It's like one of those never-ending spirals. So the moment you become aware of all these self-destructive behaviors, you're taking the first step. Toward change So Which types of behaviors Make you an overthinker Have you ever thought about that We'll go over a few of them Dogs 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 So Which types of behaviors make you an overthinker? Rehashing your conversations with other people. Think about all the things you wish you had or hadn't said. Have you ever done that? I do that a lot because I'm not much of a debater. Thoughts don't come to my head quickly. I have to sit and think about things. And I'll sit there and say, I should have said it like this or I should have said it like that. It's not something that we want to do. We don't want to be rehashing these conversations. They just get stuck in there. We also shouldn't be second-guessing pretty much every decision that we make. You made your choice, now it's time to live with it. Don't second-guess it, just play it out. Having trouble sleeping because your brain refuses to shut off. I've had many a nights like that. Or I feel so tired, but I can't sleep because my brain's just like buzzing. Or how about reliving embarrassing situations over and over in your head? I don't really live those. Uh, what happens happens, <laughs> but you know that that is a situation for people. Or how about spending a significant amount of time thinking about what someone meant when they told you something? Well, maybe they meant this. Maybe they meant that. I wouldn't worry about it so much. If you think you worry about it, then ask them what they meant. Have them clarify. And you probably should have done that in your conversation anyway. Another popular one is asking yourself what if questions. All the time. What if I did it like this? What about if I did it like that? You know, what if this would have been different? You know, all kinds of different things. Then the last one we talk about right now is often dwelling on things that happened in the past or worry about what could happen in the future. You know, they say it was... When you dwell on things that happened in the past, it brings you depression... And if you dwell on things, if you dwell on things that are in the future, that could happen in the future, it just brings anxiety. Now I'm trying to play some music in the background and then I get uh, uh, commercials. So, it's essential when discussing this subject to know that rumination is also normal. And it's functional, you know? I mean, concentrating your mind to fix a problem is positive. It only becomes an issue when it turns into a train of negative thoughts. Another quote I would like is, and it goes with the garden, Rumination is like an overgrown garden. There are weeds everywhere, but flowers too. And it helps to know the difference. And that's by Aiken, A-I-K-E-N, if you ever want to look up the name. Thinking about specific situations can be helpful Unlike generalizing when something bad happened. You know, like, what caused me to pass my deadline at work is better than asking yourself, why am I such a failure? You can see the difference there. Think about the realistic, defined goals and how that you can achieve them. Any thoughts that lead to decisions are beneficial, and we have to remind ourselves that, you know, not to use those generalizations. The researcher Mario uh, Michulinsur, I think I'm not quite sure how to say that. I might have butchered it. He acknowledges that the that there are existence of three types of ruminations. The state of rumination is when a person focuses on that failure. Like, for example, if someone spends hours a day wondering why they were successful at a job interview, why they were not successful, you wouldn't be wondering why you were, well maybe, but you know, why? Why was I so nervous or why didn't I do good at it? Two, the action rumination is when a person thinks obsessively about what they can do to improve a situation. So say you had a fight with your spouse, your partner, and now you lose sleep thinking about how you can go ahead the next day and make things better. And three is the task irrelevant rumination. And this is really, really common. Because we we ruminate so much about unrelated things, utilize events that are not associated with a block goal in order to, to distract us from a future like for an example it could be choosing to binge watch an entire series on Netflix or something so that you could avoid thinking about you know a failed exam or Why you did bad at work, or that interview, or whatever. Excessive rumination has been associated with mental health issues like depression, anxiety, eating disorders, or addictions. You know, they all come from what's inside our head. I've always said that. You know... What can you do to stop this though? You might be asking, you know, I do it all the time and I can't help it. What can I what can I do? So I'm gonna share a few action steps and some cognitive behavior techniques that I learned and you that you could apply when feeling like you're stuck in your head and you just can't stop that overthinking. And you're not gonna to have to apply all of these. You know, and you're definitely not going to try to apply them all at once. But depending on the situation you're confronting yourself with, you could use one strategy at a time, or you can mix a couple together that you think is going to be best for you. So, first, let's the first step is we have to take action. Take action. And if you've been taking notes for this whole thing, these are the ones you could write down. You can put down number one how to stop rumination, excessive rumination. It is take action. An overthinker will get stuck analyzing every problem. So to fight this urge, you have to focus on taking some kind of action instead of just thinking about it. So if you're worried about an argument you had with a coworker, rather than thinking in your head all the time, rehashing the situation, accept that fact that you can't change what already happened. Focus on addressing the consequences. Have a discussion with that person. Apologize or whatever might be needed and move on. It's done. There's nothing you can do but go forward. Number two, challenge your thoughts. Overthinkers deal with negative self talk, you know, also known as cognitive distortions. So when you're experiencing A cognitive distortion, the way you interpret events is usually negative biased. So you might be saying, my boss asked me to see him in his office. Probably he is going to fire me. See how it goes straight to the negative? Or it's very late. My sister didn't come home yet. Something bad must have happened to her. Negative thoughts, negative thoughts. But by interpreting a situation differently, you're going to manage to make your negative thoughts less believable. So maybe you could say, my boss might just want to catch up on a project, you know, get some updates. Or in the other situation, my sister probably stopped by the store and that's why she's running late. No big deal. The process is called cognitive restructuring. So what you do is you're reframing your thoughts, challenging the accuracy of the negative ones. I like that because when you get maybe in a discussion with somebody, it doesn't seem like it works out right, so you always think negative. Oh, now they think this, or now they think that. You know, instead, you can just reframe that in your mind. Well, maybe maybe they think this or, or the other way, or maybe I should just ask and have them reinterpret it for me. Number three, refocus your attention. You should try to find an activity that will just absorb you. Take your mind out of it. You know, So watching TV probably won't hold your attention enough to stop that negative train of thoughts from your head It's recommended to find some kind of physical activity that's going to combine mental engagement and social contact Like you can go out and take a walk in nature with a friend You can call somebody Or if you have a pet, you can play with your pet, your kids, whatever that's why I'm so addicted to the gym, I tell you that. Running, gym, yoga. It's, it's, for me, the physical activity and the idea of the thoughts and breathing properly and all that takes, takes my attention away. It gives me time to focus. I always call my running time my, my prayer meditation time. And keep in mind that any conversation should be steered away from the issue that's bugging you. So if you call your friend, don't be rehashing what you're thinking about what happened earlier. You know, don't don't talk about those negative aspects, don't be revisiting them. You know, resist the urge to co ruminate with that friend. You know, as that's only gonna increase your thought levels. And then what if they just follow suit and bring more negative into it? It's not going to help you. Number four, slow down your thoughts. This is a tricky one, right? But this is a method that works very well because when you're overthinking, our minds speed up. Boom, 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 boom. They speed up to the point where our thoughts become barely recognizable, right? They get all tangled together and all that. This is a cognitive technique that will change the way you relate to your thinking and how much control it has all over you. Slowing down that internal dialogue will help you decrease your anxiety. So if you're overwhelmed at work because you don't know how to do a particular task, the thought that comes up to your mind is, oh my... I have no clue how to do this. To practice the slow down inner dialogue, you'll have to say the phrase three times in your head as if the words were playing at half speed. Really slow it down. And after doing so, continue to slow down even more and say it two more times. Make sure you're breathing deeply. I mentioned breathing a lot. With anxiety and depression. Notice how different you felt when you said the words first, and then how how you feel like saying them now. Your body feels so much more relaxed. Because at first you say, "Oh my God, I have no clue how to do this." Right? You feel the anxiety there, but then you slow it down. Oh my. I have no idea how to do this. You can feel the calm. Feel the breath. Feel the calm. Then we have number five. is called micro-solutions. So often, we, when we're having these obsessive thoughts, it's because we feel overwhelmed. When we try to find a solution but there are too many things to consider. We just end up feeling lost, right? Just out in space somewhere. Well, we get lost in our thoughts instead of finding a solution and taking that action. So a great way to do this is by asking yourself, what is a small step that I could take right now that will solve this problem? Once you have your answer, focus solely on it. Instead of being overwhelmed by the big picture. Focus on that step. Just a small step. Six. Set a time limit. If a problem really requires your attention. And you want. And you want to take some time to reflect on it. Go ahead. And worry about it a little bit. But step up that time limit. For instance. 20 20 minutes a day, right? That should be good. Put your timer on and worry about it as much as you want. Once the 20 minutes are up, you shouldn't spend another second on that matter. Nothing. If you catch yourself worrying after that, just remind yourself it's not time. And if necessary, you can schedule 20 minutes the next day. This technique works better the more you practice it. Because you can't get a lot of anxiety. But it will help you develop self-discipline. The people who tried this technique experienced significant improvements after only two weeks. Their, their worries were reduced, their anxiety eventually decreased, and they experienced better sleep. You know, the, the fact is that worrying it has no limits. It knows no limits. So setting up a time constraint is very beneficial. It's necessary. Your mental wellness will improve. And that's what we're all looking for. And you will be more productive. Because after that 20 minutes is up, you can focus on anything else and everything else. All that time that you were pre- previously using the worry... We'll, know, we'll now go into something that you could focus on that's more beneficial. So give yourself no more than twenty minutes a day. If another issue shows up and you'll want to worry about it, schedule it. Schedule twenty minutes the next day. Number seven. Practice acceptance. You know, learning acceptance is essential when you are someone that is constantly overwhelmed with worry. You know, the thing that makes you feel uneasy is something you're not willing to accept. It will likely start going away when you manage to make mental space with it. So it's like the rule is this. If you can't change the situation... Let it go. I say that easy as that, but it might not be for you. You know, but you know you can't change it, so why worry about it? Just go on. There was a theologian, Reinhold Nybar. He wrote um, a nice serenity prayer that encompasses the idea very well. He said, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can change, and the wisdom to know the difference. I know in uh, Alcohol Anonymous, and uh, they use that a lot too, Another good point is eight, to take cold showers. This method is efficient and straightforward, and I'll tell you why it works. A cold shower is a very intense experience and takes you out of your mind and brings you awareness into your body. It's like forced meditation. It's difficult to overthink and worry when the cold water it's going down your back, right? So take a few minutes and do a cold shower. It'll slow down the train of thoughts present in your head. And even for a short while, will keep you from ruminating. I do a cold shower every day. I uh, start out with a warm shower. And then I turn the... Uh, Hot down, 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 down Until it's really cold And I don't do it for ruminating I do it for other health reasons Because it's very good for you And since I work out a lot um, It's very good Number nine is a tough one for a lot of people And it's be patient You know, because overthinking is a habit because we do it so much, it becomes a habit. And uh, it will take a little bit of time until you manage it better. So there's no need to ruminate about the fact that you can't stop ruminating. You know, don't worry about ruminating. <laughs> You're defeating the purpose. You know, it's going to take time. So let's just go through a, a couple uh key takeaways. Rumination rumination is defined as excessive, repetitive thinking about a situation. It's like that broken record that is stuck in your head, but all the lyrics are negative. So, let's not have that broken record. It is essential to note that rumination, to a certain degree, is normal and it's functional. As long as you focus on fixing the problem, it's good. It only becomes an issue when it turns into all those negative thoughts. 3. Excessive rumination leads to high levels of stress and has been associated with other health, health issues, mental health issues. Like depression, anxiety, eating disorders, and addictions. So, how can you stop rumination? Push yourself to take action, reframe your negative thoughts, interpret it differently, refocus your attention, slow down your thoughts. Focus on micro-solutions. Set a time to worry. Remember that. Set a time to worry. 20 minutes, 10 minutes, whatever is acceptable to you. Learn to accept the things you cannot change. Take that cold shower and... The biggie for a lot of people is let's just be patient. Stopping the habit of overthinking will not happen in just a few days. So allow yourself time to change this self-destructive habit. It's like trying to lose weight. you didn't gain it overnight, you're not going to lose it overnight. So, you know, be patient. You know, I, there's nothing more that I could say but to get it out of your head. And uh, follow those techniques. Use one or two of them and, or as many as you need. Use them together. Use them separately. Whatever feels best for you. Next week, we're going to move on. And we're going to talk about our fear of failure to do it imperfectly. For all you perfectionists out there that want everything done right the first time right away, this one's going to be for you to do it imperfectly. Sometimes you have to do it just to get her done. So thank you for coming by today. All uh, right. You know people out there that uh, have a fear of failure or fear of anything because all these techniques and all, everything I'm talking about, I did frame it for fear of failure, but it'll it'll be just as effective for the fear of anything. So thank you once again. Thanks for stopping by and please send it around, share it. It is a better life. This podcast has been brought to you by Culture Vegan Shop in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Culture, where the only thing that is missing is you.